to another episode of the takedown as always brought to you by phone soap go to phonesoap.com use the code takedown you get 20 percent off of your order uh today's guest the former host of the new dad podcast all around fucking cool guy what is up tommy pappas aka uncle tickles that's right hello takedown listeners uh excited to be here thanks for thanks for being here bro this was for super sure. like we kind of put this together fast yeah yeah, yeah. I but you know, when <laughs> you live in the the world of content creation, that's kind of how things happen. And sometimes some of the, the happiest little accidents happen that way. Dude, I'm kind of realizing that. Like I've met <laughs> I've met a lot of really fucking cool people through podcasting and like through just random networking. For sure. And I think that's a lot of people probably think that you get into this, you know, or the aim is to make money. And for I'm sure for a lot of people that is the aim. Um but I, I think the biggest uh, you know, thing that's come away from it is exactly what you hit on, man. The connections you make, the networking, and not even just like to grow your podcast, just cool people uh, across the United States and uh, from a, a wider range of, uh, of interest, which to me, that's always, that's always super cool. Dude, I, I wanted to start a podcast because uh, I'm a writer and I had severe fucking writer's block. <laughs> and so I went out and I bought like all this stuff and, and I just wanted to like have like a little weekly show, just like, you know, talking and whatnot. And then I was supposed to do, I was supposed to go to Mississippi to help somebody get ready for a uh, bare knuckle boxing match. And I ended up getting hurt and I couldn't go to Mississippi. Couldn't, couldn't train. And then they were so fucking cool. Uh, BKFC shout out uh, bare knuckle fighting championship. Um, BKFC was so cool. They were like, Hey, well, uh, you have a podcast. Like you want to do some media for us. And like, that's literally how I got started was like, like interviewing like bare knuckle fighters. And then it just kind of like transformed into this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a happy accident. We sometimes we call them cosmic giggles, cosmic giggles. Hey, I like that dude. That's pretty, that's right. pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. I want to really talk about, uh, eat God, see acid. Yeah. That is like, when you started talking about it, I was like, yo, this is it uh go ahead yeah yeah so uh it's a it's a new podcast we're recording episodes now uh if you're someone out there who's listening to this and you have a, a profound a hilarious uh, a crazy even a spiritual um story about a psychedelic experience reach out to us uh that's tkok podcast network at gmail.com because that's what the the show is uh we, we do have you know it's not just people telling telling you about how fucked up they got we're gonna have people from the from the academic world coming on to talk about uh, you know our first episode is actually with a, a doctor and he, he's telling us about the the history of hallucinogenics and the shape that they or the the role that they played in shaping uh the western civilization and it's really interesting um you know if you're not familiar with the the background of how psychedelic plants were used in ceremony and ritual it's uh you know it's really eye-opening when i kind of went down that rabbit hole and uh so you know we start off you know, we'll, we'll get you some information some knowledge uh so it's definitely some education in there but also a lot of entertainment as well and uh you know we've recorded three episodes and uh you know we've got a gentleman from kenya we've got uh you know people from all of the united states uh you know so I, I think we have a pretty good representation and and not just again you know different psychedelics that we're talking about whether it be ayahuasca or lsd or mushrooms before you started uh like researching the podcast had you done psychedelics before yeah yeah no i had I, you know i dabbled as you know i think a lot of people do starting in college and i was really interested in just the evolution of interests you know in the beginning it was just i looked at it as a you know kind of like a party drug almost, even though that's crazy to think about for people who have taken uh, hallucinogenics <laughs> or, and, and I think that's even uh, if you get into the community of, you know, which for any, any sort of interest you might have, there is a community there, it seems like there's a pretty big schism and people who take it as like a party drug rather than as a tool to 
you know, enhance uh, your own consciousness or spirituality. Um, you know, they're kind of looked down upon. But um, just being totally honest, that's what it was about. You know, my friends were doing it. I wanted I didn't want to miss out. And so you took it and you just kind of did whatever, you know, whether it be you stay in a dorm room or you go to a house party or, or wherever. That is, uh, it's really funny you, you put it that way because that is exactly how I used to look at it. Like now, sure. like, like now, um, oh shit, what am I, five years deep into uh, martial arts? Like now it's a tool. Like yeah. now I look at psychedelics, all forms of psychedelics as a tool. Uh, but when I was growing up, like it was to me, it was like, it was like ecstasy. Like it was like a party drug. Like I didn't, yeah. um, and I actually really funny. I got spiked uh when i was like 16 with mushrooms and had a fucking terrible trip i swore off of psychedelics for years bro yeah. um but the the benefits they have on the brain is just so fucking incredible and that is part Absolutely. of like uh, that's part of why i wanted to have you on was because um i cannot quit talking about the benefits they have on the brain enough as somebody who's been in combat sports like my entire fucking life like to me these are fucking tools. Why are they not legal? You know? Uh, yeah. I'm well, and you know, I think we're starting. Yeah. I mean, well in Oregon, they are legal now. I think that's, uh, or at least decriminalized. I don't know if they're legal, but they're decriminalized in Oregon. There's a push for it in California. I believe that is happening as well. Um, you know, it's, if, if you paid attention, you know, depending on how old you were or how old you are now to kind of the road that, like weed took to get legal, you're starting to see that, you know, it's kind of the desensitization of, uh, you know, we're, we're being desensitized to the stigma that used to surround psychedelic plants, right? And it's the same way that we started to get destigmatized to weed leading up to its uh, legalization. Um, it's a slow roll. It's a slow road. And I think that, you know, we're, we're not quite there. But I do think, you know, in the very probably in the next 10 years, you'll see, you know, in places like the more liberal states, you'll see them start to get legalized. Oregon probably starting there, um, California second, and Colorado perhaps. But, um, you know, um, I think a lot of the, there's a, and I'm trying to think of like how to make this connection, but you, you know, you, the commonality of being young and taking these drugs and, uh, this idea that you're, you're just taking them to have a good time. Um, you know, and I think there's also some parallel or at least some connection to the idea that you're also taking a, a full eighth at a time. Um, whereas later in life, you start to understand you don't have to eat that whole bag all at one time, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the first, right off the deep end, you know, and that's one of the, the biggest things I'm, I'm trying to reiterate in my episodes, you know, if there's any younger listeners by chance, um, you know, it's this idea that, you have to eat the whole eighth um, because your friends are eating it and you might miss out. Uh, the best trips I ever had were just taking little by little by little, um, you know, essentially microdosing, you mm -hmm. know, if you're familiar with that, um, you know, and that's when you're in much more control and you can kind of, you know, if you want to, you know, step it up or, or whatever you need be, you can, but um, you know, that was, that was like a big change for me when I stopped just when I love whatever that light bulb went on and be like, I don't fucking have to eat all these right now. Um, I started to, you know, just enjoying it so much better. Um, you know, and I think that's probably how they're probably meant to be ingested, you know, small doses, figure out what you have, see how your body's reacting to it. And then from there, go on. Yeah. I, uh, and see for me, for the longest time, like I said, I viewed it as this, as this party drug. If you actually do the research, like you'll find that, that not even just mentally, but physically, uh, these, these tools will help your body, you know, a lot of different fucking ways, man. Uh, for me coming from, from fighting where the CTE rate is substantial, um, and just seeing, what these have done in, in clinical studies already. And that's what I, I meant to say it a moment ago when you brought up uh, Oregon and California. If you guys are curious, you can go to at decrim, D-E-C-R-I-M-C-A. Uh, so it's decrim California, decrim C-A on Instagram. And you can actually sign petitions to get it legalized in California. And uh, my good buddy, Ian McCall, former uh, UFC uh, flyweight title challenger, he, he came on and they're doing such wonderful shit in California 
like clinical studies uh, with fighters and, and they're making a lot of fucking headway, man. But it seems like, it seems like this is one of those things where government's going to give you as much fucking pushback as they can for as long as they humanly fucking can. Um, I guess maybe because of tax purposes or maybe because of, maybe they don't want us to see through the matrix, you know? Yeah. You know, I think for a lot of people, right. And this is the other thing about, uh, any sort of psychedelic uh you know drug in general uh it's one of those things man like there's probably very few things and you being from combat sports a combat sport and extreme you know bare knuckle boxing is probably one of these things you know where it's like you can't you can't explain to someone who's never done it what it's like to be in the ring with another dude who wants to just smash your face right you have to you have to just get in that ring and and kind of understand like this is what it's about this is what i'm made of i you know you either flight or fight type deal and and i think hallucinogens are 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 a similar thing you know it's like pop culture hasn't really you know at least i haven't seen anything that's really captured the experience what it's like you know and and you can have people tell you what it is but it it, a it's going to be different for every person right um but b it's just you know it's just kind of undescribable um you know, like, how do you explain to someone what it's like to have their ego just shattered? Um, you know, it's, it, it's tough. So, um, you know, so I think that that's, that's something that's, that's really important to understand, right, is like, that you can't be prepared for it unless you do it. And so there's no way for these people who have never done it to, to wrap their heads around it, you know, and it's, like anything in life that we've seen, whether it be uh, openness to homosexuality, right? It's like people don't change their minds until they're personally affected by it, you know, until they have a gay daughter, a gay son, a gay cousin, a gay aunt, a gay uncle, someone they love that's gay and they understand it, right? Um, The problem with that is like with mushrooms or um, hallucinogenics, like these dudes aren't suddenly going to magically have a, a, you know, like a, a hallucinogenic experience that's really positive. Like you have to very much choose to do that. So, um, you know, there's, there's probably a lot less progress we can make in changing people's minds. But the you know, on the flip side, you know, like, as time goes by, we're, we're getting slightly more liberal. And I think that time in this case is going to be the ultimate healer. Um, because you just have to kind of get the dinosaurs out of power. And, you know, it's something we're all kind of waiting for. And, um, you know, maybe that inspires more people to actually get involved in local politics and become people who can actually get those changes pushed through. I fucking love that ideology. Like we have to get rid of the, um, you're right. Like the dinosaurs, like I was, I was reading the other day, like, uh, Nancy Pelosi, like way up there in age, Mitch McConnell way up there in age. There's no fucking reason hundred percent that these people should be in office. And, 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 and you really did a good job. I, you know, when I say dinosaurs, yeah, I'm not, I'm not harping on one side or the other. It's just the the outdated archaic mindsets that are in politics. And, you know, we can do that by setting, you know, maybe different age limits or uh, term limits. Those things are all, you know, should be on the table and being discussed. Uh, obviously none of them will be because um, they don't benefit the people who hold the power. They only benefit us. So, um, you know, so it's, it's on us, you know, it's on those people who feel strongly about this. And it sounds like, you know, you have some, some good friends fighting the good fight in California. And, you know, we just need to do that all over. Um, Absolutely. I, think, I think with time, it's going to happen, you know, more science that comes out on this stuff. It's just, you know, you, you talked about the advances in CTE, not just that, but mental health disorders. Um, they're having breakthroughs in that depression, people with terminal disease are being treated. Um, you know, with psychedelics, with super, um, you know, incredible, incredibly high uh, success rates. So, um, and, and I understand when you're talking about someone that's terminal and a success rate, like, what are we really talking about? But, you know, if you're making someone more comfortable uh, at the end of their life, then, you know, that's, that's oh, a yeah. huge success. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head a moment ago, and, and I wanted to kind of jump back to that for a moment. You said that, uh without experiencing it firsthand people will never know what it's like and like that's 100 percent accurate like yeah. even even at 16 years old right and i had a terrible experience it's still like i had to experience that to understand because nobody can just tell you oh hey it's it's like uh it's like living inside of a, a microfiber pillow you know what i mean like totally well because i think 
I think because people try have tried throughout the history of pop culture. When I say pop culture, I mean TV and movies for the yeah. most part. Music videos too. Uh, you know, for for kids who grew up during a time when MTV played music videos. But um, it they it just it never it all the representations of it they're just paper thin. You know, um, very t- very few times do you see like a banana peel get up and run across your room. Right? It's not that. It's not that. Um, it's not that obvious, right? It, it's it's always more subtle than that. And it's most of the time, very internal. So how do you, you know, how do you put something so internal up on the screen, right? Because um, that's the other funny thing, like, and, you know, one of my next big projects after I do, um, you know, after we, we have launched TKOK uh, Podcast Network, but, you know, it's growing kind of once I get this to where it needs to be and it's, it's, it's its own thing and it's running on its own. I want to do a documentary on perception and reality. Um, and, and I've never really thought of it until this moment, but, but one of the things that would be, you know, crazy is when you're on mushrooms and you're inside yourself, you know, like you, I guess my perception was always it. I might as well have been holding a sign that says I'm on mushrooms. Right. But if Mm -hmm. you film someone and then show it to them later, they're going to be like, I look, really no different. I might, except for the, the periods of time where I'm giggling to myself or something, but you know, for the most part, you, you really don't look that different. It, it would be hard for a lot of people to pick you out uh, and say, Oh, you, you know, if they talk to you long enough, perhaps, but just on face value alone. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I just think that that's one of those things that, um, you know, like, I, I guess was always in my head was just that, you know, because it's so internal, you're so in, you know, in those early trips, it was just like, you're I, super I didn't in wanna... tune with your own emotions too. And one of them is like paranoia and like, like fear. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. You know, the most, most primal, the first, you know, you have, a, you said, you mentioned you have a 14 month old child. Um, for my children, the first emotion that I think they really understood and grasped and, and showed was fear. You know, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's something that's easy. They understand it. Scary, scary. You know, like that was the first thing, you know, before happy, before any of this stuff, you know, and they're happy kids. They have a good life, but it's just, it's funny how like, and, and maybe that's, I think evolutionary, you know, where they yeah. fear being um, very beneficial. If that's the the first one that we can comprehend and grasp, uh, you know, just from a survival standpoint. Yeah. And I, I agree. And the thing about it too is, um, people are probably apprehensive to try new things, especially something like this, because they're worried of what they might find too. Like I hear so many people, like, like I'll have this conversation um, with like fighters or, or people training, whatever, where they'll say, Oh, I don't, I don't want to have a bad trip. Dude, if you had a bad trip, like it really sucks, but you like, you needed that. Like you needed that, that bit of humbling and and that kind of that bit of grounding, because I mean, I'm not saying that, that bad trips are good by any means, but I'm just saying that, um, letting that fear go right no yeah well I, it is i mean and i think for me it was ultimately i'm a curious person right so i i just had you know i had to cross that veil and see what that was about um and afterwards you see okay that wasn't so scary and and i could totally see where someone could have a bad experience on their first time and swear off them 100 percent um you know i it you you do kind of have to relinquish control a little bit and for some people that's extremely hard uh and, and being in it and, and having no control or feeling like they have not total control, you know, that's terrifying some people. Yeah, it, it terrifies some people. Um, but yeah, you, you're right, dude. Good trip or a bad trip can be super beneficial. And, um, you know, I, I know people who would tell you like exactly what you said, um, you know, if you're taking the drugs, you know, for a partying reasons, you just have to know like, Hey, I'm taking something that really isn't meant for partying. You know, like it's, it's, that's not really what it's for. I would say, you know, at the most, you know, my, my advice is always like, Hey, if you're going to take this, make sure you have a very controlled setting and the people you're with are people you trust. You know, I I think the term is set and setting, right. You want to make sure you're with the right set and you have the right setting. Right. Um, parties bad idea you don't have a lot of control there's a lot of external factors that can happen um that could cause you to have a really bad time right but the one the one uh, exception i have to that rule is concerts and live music and i say if you haven't had that experience where you're 
on that drug with one of your favorite uh, artists john mayer front row you have to you have to have that because it's something it's you know sometimes it'll be hard to see a concert regular again after that because it's just everything is so intensified um but yeah man i mean it's it can be uh my point being like what what hallucinogens do do and what they're meant to do is just break down your ego and kind of make you see things for how they really are and uh and you know especially the plant-based ones they will they have a way of kind of you know interacting with you or showing you what you need to see and i think that's why there's always been this very um you know spiritual kind of i guess uh community surrounding a lot of those plant-based ones whether it be mushrooms or whether it be ayahuasca um or or whether it be the acacia plant you know like you start to see these kind of um you know religious sects kind of grow around around those plants and and that's you know by no means uh you know a coincidence um you know and people will tell you if you take ayahuasca that mother i was mother i is talking to you and and so yeah if you're listening and and you can kind of come out of that trip and say yeah that was really shitty like i all i all i did was think about how you know i need to improve you know i lie to people or or how i'm not really acting the way i should be acting towards people that love me and you you see kind of all your faults for for what they are it's you know like yeah that kind of sucked that you went through six hours of that but you know maybe you your ego wasn't letting you see all those things it was kind of talking you out of it and and that's your ability to change it right and that's um you know, I, I talked to this gentleman from Kenya and, and he put it in a nice way where he said, it's not a magic drug, right? Like it's, if you take the drug, it's not going to fix you. It shows you what you need to fix yep. and then you need to do the work, but it will show, it, it'll kind of help you see that much quicker. Um, you know, and, and that's, and that, that I think is a very accurate way to describe what happens, right? Like if, if you want to do some self-improvement, it's a really, it's a really useful tool. Absolutely. And I feel like in this day and age now where we're essentially becoming, we're becoming like an AI symbiont almost where we're attached to our fucking phones and this, this perception that uh, we give off to people, right? Like everybody, everybody wants to be an Instagram model with, you know, 10,000 likes every photo and stripping away that ego. um, Just in the last two years for me, like I've stripped away my ego pretty well, completely. Um, and not even through psychedelics, but just through a lot of meditating and a lot of personal uh, get knocked down, get back up kind of shit. You know what I mean? And we For have sure. this thing. We have this thing in the fight in the the fight community. Uh, you win or you learn. You know what I mean? Like I've yeah. learned some of the best lessons of my life getting knocked out, like getting knocked unconscious or choked unconscious, or um, you know, even through life. Like I've learned some of the best fucking values by just having the shittiest fucking day, man. And that's the For power, sure. that's the power that these, 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 I don't even want to call them drugs. That's the power that these plants uh, will give you is like this, this intense clarity and just stripping away that fucking ego because we don't realize it. And I still have moments where I'm just like, is this me or is this like, is this my ego? You know what I mean? Like where I still a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll say things that you say every day, but if you say that thing on mushrooms, you'll notice, you know, eat, and it happened to me about, yeah, and it's, and there's small things, right. But they're just things I'll catch myself saying, and I'll remember be like, you saw, you know, like when you say that, that's your ego, you know, you, I caught it when I was on mushrooms, you know, and I said it to a buddy and then we, it was like, we both locked eyes. I was like, that sounded kind of douchey. Right. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, I, you know, why did I say that? And, you know, I don't know why, but, um, but it was like something I say a lot, you know, and it's just like a mannerism. Right. But, um, you know, it's your ego and it, and it kind of made me sound, uh, I don't know, like definitely douchey. I'm trying to think of the right word that's more general, but you know, it's just, you catch these certain things that you don't see all the time. And, um, you know, one thing I tell people a lot actually is that it reminds me, you know, like this idea of there's very few things in life that you can say like, Oh, this is like uh, psychedelics because it can cause, uh, a total awakening to something, or a mind shift, or, you know, on a drop of a dime, you can see something that 
you know, you weren't seeing very plainly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and having a kid is kind of like that, right? Because Absolutely. You, you start to see things through your kid's eyes and, you know, you start to realize how fucking jaded you are. And, uh, you know, your kids will say shit to you sometimes that just fucking like Blows puts you your in your place, mind. you know? And it's just like, you know, I, just things that they notice and, and you'll just think like, holy fuck, they notice this. Okay. Yep. I, you know, I need to, ch- I need to address this. Um, and, and psychedelics are kind of like that, you know? So perhaps that's like a connection. If you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I have like, I'm, I have no plans on doing drugs. I don't know what this motherfucker is talking about as far as like how they can change his mindset. Think about a time your kid just like hit you to your core with some like real talk, like daddy, that wasn't nice. Or, you know, daddy, why are you being angry? Be, be happy. You know, when they hit you with some shit like that and you, and you don't think you're being a dick, right. You're just trying to get through your day. You think you're actually pulling shit together pretty well. And they hit you with that. You're like, fuck, like, I'm not, you know, maybe my emotions are coming through way more, or maybe I just need to be more present with my kid in this moment um, rather than fester on this, whatever it is that's pissing you off. Right. Mm -hmm. It can just, it really fucking drills you to a core. And that's kind of like some of, you know, when you're talking about your ego being dropped by psychedelics, sometimes a kid can do it to you like that, but you know, drugs can do it. And a lot of people will say you like, you know, after a trip, like that was like six years of therapy in six hours. Yeah. 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 And, and, I've, I've heard that a lot. I've seen that a lot. A hundred percent. And th- and there's truth to that for sure. For sure. I, uh, I had a moment, I was having some dental work done and I came home, I was just feeling like shit, man. Like my mouth was hurting. It's causing my head to hurt. You know, I was just not in the mood. And I sat on the couch and, and my daughter walked up to me and she crawled into my lap and she just put her head on my chest. And just without even fucking saying words, bro, it just like it melted my heart. Like it blew my mind. Um, yeah. But that feeling, bro, that feeling of like eternal love, like everlasting oh, yeah. love. That Unconditional is, love. Yeah. That is, yeah, it, I mean, that's the feeling you get on these you know on these uh these plants man sometimes sometimes yeah for sure for sure um you know like i i i actually you you know i started the eat god see acid podcast in large part because the one thing that like i'm kind of chasing and and i'm getting older and it's just like you know now the opportunities we have two kids opportunities to actually take the plant the way i want to and and do the therapy and do the you know spend the time kind of fixing what I need to fix. Like they just don't present on themselves very often, especially now, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Or I shouldn't say in the middle, hopefully towards the end. Um, but, um, you, you know, like going back to it, you know, even when I was taking them, I never had that like spiritual moment. Right. And I even went and, and, and took ayahuasca with a, with a legit shaman and uh, you know, these two legit shaman and, and, uh, and I still like, that experience that is still fucking eluded, incredible. You know, it eluded me. And I didn't have like those, um, you know, I didn't have just the stereotypical experience, right? And there's a lot of things that I think potentially went into that. But um, I've, you know, I didn't have the spiritual, I didn't, I've never had this awakening. I, I've had the ego shattering trips, right? And I've seen myself for how I need to really be. And, and I've had some really amazing, like, geek out, laugh a lot and really fun trips. Um, but yeah, I haven't had that, like, oh, my God, like, that I was in a, I was in a profound place where, shit. Yeah. I time and space did not exist. Right. Like you've heard people explain these things and like, I, you know, I, I realized what the afterlife is or, or, you know, just something like that. I've never had that. So part of the podcast was looking for people who've had those experiences and talking to them and just trying to, you know, you know, uh, see if was my intention not right when I took it was, you know, am I not taking the right drugs? Am I not taking enough? Mm. Am I taking too much? You know, whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, it was just I'm you know I'm, I'm looking for that. Uh, now that I'm getting older, I'm like, well, maybe I'll never get that, and maybe I won't. You know, like yeah. maybe that's just not in the cards for me. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's crazy when you talk to someone and you can see like they're not fucking with you, right? Like their life change. And again, talking about just some of the practical uses of these plants, um, you know, some of the ways they've treated addiction. That's another thing that is I think um, profoundly understudied and you know that now we're starting to get to the point where we're understanding um that these do these do have a a really uh, positive effect on those suffering from that disease and uh and hopefully that's another direction in which we can kind of use use this medicine 
Do you remember? Um, do you remember the movie Knocked Up with uh, Seth Rogen, Catherine Heigl? Oh yeah. Yes. Do you remember when they they take the mushrooms? Uh, Seth Rogen. He's in Vegas. Go to the Cirque du Soleil. And yes. He has the fucking bad trip. <laughs> if you remember uh, uh, Beavis and Butthead to America, the movie. Yeah, they they eat the the cactus in the desert, and they have the bad trip, the really bad trip. I feel like bad trips are are portrayed a little bit more in media than than good ones would be. Um, so I think probably I think, I think people like Joe Rogan who have have taken their platform and used it for almost like the red carpet rollout for like DMT and ayahuasca and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. I think it's it's super important we have characters like that that just keep building and building these. Uh, like these building blocks to to getting this shit legalized and to and to becoming uh, more openly accepted because I I think you're right I think a lot of people a lot of people need to be stripped of their ego to see oh, yeah. to see what's what's really going on because I know a lot of fucking people it's actually a crazy story in my hometown there was a tattoo shop um, and one of the guys that worked there tried DMT for the first time and realized he didn't want to be a tattoo artist anymore. Went and left. Got a got a completely normal job after that. Didn't want a tattoo after that. He was like yeah. part of his ego was was being a tattoo artist. I was like that is so. At the time, I was like maybe seventeen or eighteen um, when I heard the story, and I was like it's so fucking crazy. And now that I'm twenty six, twenty seven, I'm like wow, that is fucking powerful. That this sure. completely just reshaped his life after stripping away his ego. Like that's a fucking powerful thing, man. There was a article in either. I think it was National Geographic magazine. Um, I'll, I'll try to double check and I'll email you if that's, if that's false. But there was, a, um, it was an article about a guy who went and did ayahuasca. It was a very, like, pretty well-known article. It was early on in the, you know, before ayahuasca had become as mainstream as it is now. But um, the, in the article, the guy who's talking about it had, had talked about how he, at the time, going there, you know, he had this failing, basically his life was just kind of in shambles. But one of the things he was just, he had this failing business and it was just hemorrhaging money. And in his ayahuasca vision, he saw the business like a set of pipes and saw the the areas in which his company was hemorrhaging money as leaky pipes. And in the vision was able to just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to turn off water to that area, to that to that section of pipes and cut off this. And when he came when he came back home and applied that, he uh, immediately saw you know turned his business around and um, not just turned it around was like able to become ultra successful in it. That's um, crazy. Yeah, which is like that was one of the things that was like most mind blowing to me when I and you know this was early on in my uh, my psychedelic experiences. So I was just like, well now I, you know now I wanted to go down that road and I did a lot of research on ayahuasca before I eventually uh, you know worked up. A, the guts to do it and B, found a place where I was able to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's those sort of stories are, are not totally uncommon. Um, I think you always got to have to like take them with a little bit of a grain of salt too, you know, because, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, well, storytelling. Gets, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's hard, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I think that it's just undeniable that for a really long time, and, you know, people can debate the reasons. Um, that there was a whole category of medicine that was labeled as a bad, as bad drugs. And, and now as time goes on and more science uh, is put into it and more time is kind of passing between the time when it was labeled as as something that's bad. And now we're, we're realizing that it's not, and we're realizing that there's practical uses that they're quite beneficial and, uh, you know, it's one of those things, it'll be really, really interesting, uh, you know, fast forward 20 years, 25 years, what we know about these plants and, and what their capabilities are. And, uh, and, you know, like, what sort of things we're, we're potentially able to unlock with them that we're not even considering right now, because I think that's another area where, where this is going to go. My uh, my godbrother, and I don't actually talk about this on the podcast very often, so for people who listen to this podcast regularly, you've probably never heard uh, me speak of my godbrother, but I have a godbrother who uh, served overseas in the army, and when he came back, he was very different, very, very different, and uh, he had a lot of uh, trauma he was holding on to, and this was back in 2004. 
15. Uh, he came from Florida to Virginia to live with me for a couple months. Um, and while he was in Virginia, he sawed out mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms. And I was like, man, I don't know if that's such a good idea. You know what I mean? Cause I, I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't want to be in the right mindset. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't for sure how that was going to work out, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he said, this helps my, my PTSD more than anything. And I was like, really? And just watching him on the daily, you know, cause he lived with me, he'd wake up, yeah. we'd, you know, I, I gave him a job, he'd come to work with me and, um, watching him interact every day leading up to that and then watching him interact with me as he is uh experiencing mushrooms it was fucking unreal i was like wow this this truly yeah i was like this truly is helping him that's when i started i really got intrigued by it i was like 19 19 or something like that and i went out and i bought um it's a book it's called uh, uh the teachings of don juan mattis the the teachings of the yaki way by carlos castaneda super good book he talks about going into the desert with this uh shaman and uh doing ayahuasca and, and all this stuff and um i was really intrigued by it and then since then i've just been researching and researching and people like joe rogan there's a lot of celebrities now talking about oh yeah uh chelsea handler had uh, yeah. a big thing on her show where she went and did it the vice had that show like kentucky ayahuasca or ayahuasca kentucky or something like that that was essentially similar it was a guy in i in kentucky helping people with ayahuasca um oh before you go any further can i just can i stop you right there and say i've done a i've done a guest spot on another podcast um where uh i brought up in kentucky in louisville there's a, a big ass flea market right and mm-hmm. they have flea market shaman who uh for like five bucks will like read tarot cards <laughs> and uh he'll just like do like your whole birth chart and shit but he yeah. wears, like, wears like a trump shirt and like a trump hat and <laughs> smokes cigarettes the whole time it's like super fucking redneck but vice did an article about him too and i just i had to throw that out there it, it's it's not the 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 q shaman guy is it no 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 <laughs> I, well, I, I heard a rumor that that fella um apparently is now a democrat after he after he got busted being at the capitol well, it's probably after he, I mean, it. I think it's probably in large part he thought, I think a lot of those people in large part thought that they were going to get um, pardoned by Trump, you know, for better or worse, whether that that's right or wrong. I was under know. that same assumption. I was, I was wondering if that's what they were holding out hope for, you know, and then when that didn't come, I think, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, oh, so he, he really doesn't give a shit about us. Okay. <laughs> Can you believe uh, that Kodak Black got pardoned? I mean, kind of. I'm sure that was, you know, like I'm uh, sure, like a like a like a big PR movie thing. No, you know what I think? I think that uh, I think that he probably. I think there were certain rappers who supported him, uh, Little Wayne and and Kanye. Oh, little little, little Pump too. Yeah, Little Pump. So you know, to to get their support, w- you know, would it surprise me if uh, if they said, hey? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll wear a Trump hat and say that I'm voting for Trump if you pardon X, Y, and Z, or if you help out my buddy Kodak Black, or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was some quid some quid pro quo going on there. Yeah, it just it struck me as so crazy. When... Like just a random one. You're like fucking Kodak Black. Okay, yeah, I was like Kodak and, and Little Wayne too, and I was like, I didn't even know Little Wayne was in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, I mean, who knows? I I. You know, I, I you, it's one of those things you can go down a rabbit hole, speculate on some on anything in, involving Trump for sure. I will say um, that this this past four years, the political field has been so entertaining. I hate talking about politics on the podcast, but it's been yeah. so entertaining. No, I mean it's been fucking nuts. I mean, I don't know. It's it's fucking nuts for sure. I it's you know I don't even know what to call it. It's it's problematic to a degree because you know, and I think this started long before uh, Trump. I don't think we we can certainly blame him for this, but um, you know, just how divided everyone seems to be just how polarizing every single thing has to be now is, is how it seems. Um, You know, I don't know. It's just the, the whole, the whole two party system seems so fucking silly and stupid. It is silly. It is just like, I, but at the same time, like, you know, I don't have a solution for what's better. Like that you're obviously you're, I, I don't know you're into some sports. I don't know uh, how, how into sports you are, but 
in sports, there's this like famous kind of shtick that you'll see a lot of these uh, broadcasts do where they'll, they'll take two athletes or sometimes even more. Right. And they don't show you who it is and they just give you their stats lined up. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, Oh, like which quarterback would you choose? It's like, and you, you're just looking at stats and it's always a trick, right? It's a trick you into picking like Mitch Trubisky, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want that guy. And you, you, and then when they show the faces, it's like, oh, oh I just fuck. picked Mitch Trubisky over Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and fucking Russell Wilson, right? And that's what the trick is. I, maybe that's the thing with politics. And I know that there's a workaround and someone's going to be like, well, everyone would just look to see like who's for abortion and who's not. And maybe that's, that's probably not totally untrue, but I think just don't tell, tell the people who they are, just give them their platforms. This is, you know, you can vote for a candidate, A, B, C, or D. Here are all their platforms. Um, the thing is, it's going to trip some people up when they get into some of these libertarians and some of these green party candidates. And uh, it would just make things more interesting, I think. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, little known fact about me, I voted for uh, for Joe Jorgensen, man. Third party, oh, libertarian yeah. all the way, yeah. bro. Because that's the only fucking way that we're going to abolish a two-party system is by introducing a third and a fourth a fee, you know what i mean for sure for sure you know and 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 that's the thing like don't let anyone ever tell you uh your vote is a wasted vote because, i hate that because you know the thing is uh i will say if you know if if it happens to be a very tight election and you live in a swing state like florida or pennsylvania or ohio maybe rethink this right maybe rethink this a little bit um but for the majority of us who live in america who live in a state that's you know, pretty consistently red or blue, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, the, th the thing is like exactly what you said, it's net, we're never going to abolish the two party system until these other smaller parties start gaining traction. So, um, so yeah, I mean, even though your candidates probably going to get demolished or steamrolled, you know, suddenly one of these elections, what's going to happen is, you know, a libertarian or a green party candidate or someone, an independent is going to get this, this chunk. And it's going to just be, that's going to be the tipping point and it won't turn back. But, um, you know, it's got to happen first. You mentioned it a moment ago, and I know we were talking about before we got uh, before we got started, but the TKOK <laughs> podcast network. Yeah. Let's tell everybody about that, man. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a labor of love. I don't exactly know 100% what I'm doing. Um, it's a podcast network, right? So it's a collection of <laughs> podcasts that we, right, you know, it's, I'm, I'm shooting fast and from the hip here. Um, so, you know, the, the truth of it is I was doing uh, my podcast, New Dad. I was hosting that. And I, I had a dream where I started this podcast network with a friend and fellow uh, content creator, the host of Pop Mom's podcast, Kate. And so uh, I told my wife about it and I felt pretty silly. I was like, you know, I had this dream and it just felt kind of felt like something more than a dream. I don't know what I should do with it. Uh, and she was like, well, just text Kate, tell her about it. So I told Kate about it. Um, and in the dream, we started this network. We launched a couple of pods. Um, and we'll, well, two of those pods in, in the dream uh, were two pods that we're launching now. So um, the TKOK podcast network is built around the foundation of New Dad Podcast and Pop Moms Podcast. And a third uh, podcast we just added, it's called Concerts That Made Us. It's done by a gentleman in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and it's exactly what you think it is, right? It's people talking about their favorite uh, concert experiences, some of their worst concert experiences, their first, um, you know, and it's meant to get us through the whole pandemic where a lot of us aren't able to see live music. Um, but those are the, the foundations of it. The two new podcasts I'm really excited about, uh, you had mentioned one earlier, Eat God, See Acid. We're, uh, I'll say it again, we're recording episodes now. And, uh, you know, if you're interested uh, send in your story about your psychedelic experience to TKOK podcast network at gmail.com. And then the other one is a, it's called the movie club. It's like a book club with movies. So our, uh, our fans and listeners will pick a movie. They get a choice from one of four movies and then uh, we all watch it. Uh, that culminates with us having a couple special guests come and talk about the movie. And then those episodes drop on Mondays. It's every other Monday. And then, uh, the Facebook group for TKOK Podcast Network is, I would say, you know, if you're interested in any of these, that's where you need to go. And uh, we have a lot of good content. All the episodes from all of our podcasts get posted there. And uh, daily, we have, you know, discussions. There's over 300 and I think 50 members now. And, you know, it seems to be growing every day. Uh, today, we were discussing which Saturday Night Live skit you wish they would make into a feature film. 
Be- because the first movie uh, we're going to be talking about for Movie Club is MacGruber. Oh, nice. So if you haven't seen MacGruber, great reason to watch it. Uh, come in and then we're going to talk all about it. It's fucking hilarious, by the way. Definitely get yourself some edibles or, uh, or some sort of mind-altering substance before you watch that. You know what? Uh, what Saturday Night like uh, Saturday Night Live skit is my favorite is the fucking Pete Davidson Chad skits lately. Oh yeah, Lo- I I mean a lot of people Pete da- Pete Davidson is someone that I don't know why so many people hate. I actually enjoy I know. Uh, we ha- we had a fight on uh, the pilot episode that I don't think will air because one of our guests was like fucking hammered drunk um, for TMC podcast where I brought up the movie King of Staten Island and the dude just fucking snapped like. I brought up fucking Hitler. Um, it was it was pretty fucking comical. Um, but yeah, I love Pete Davidson and I love those chat skits. That would have been a, a fantastic addition to our uh, to our conversation. Yeah, I'm like a, a Saturday Night Live nerd. Like I hate the let's say like the last two seasons. Uh, uh, you know, like a couple episodes here and there, are phenomenal. But um, it's just it doesn't have the same feels like the older Saturday Night Live and like I grew up on Saturday Night Live and I went back and watched a lot of the old shit with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley when David Spade was on like that was oh the, yeah that was the golden time of Saturday Night Live and Chris Farley man rest in peace to the fucking goat man oh yeah he was I mean he's amazing it's you know I it's, I I'm, I'm can just tell just by the way you're talking about Saturday Night Live that I'm a, I'm quite a bit older than you um so like I lived, you know, I was, when I was getting, when I was like young enough to the point where my parents were letting me stay up that late, that was during the, the time you're talking about, uh, Carvey, Spade, uh, Mike oh, Myers, absolutely. uh, you know, Kevin Nielsen, um, Tim Meadows was still there, or I mean, I mean, he, he stayed there forever, but yeah, uh, Farley, Sandler, all those guys, uh, Norm Macdonald so norm fucking mcdonald man (laughs) fucking him as burt reynolds phenomenal him as burt reynolds personally my favorite weekend update ever um and and i don't know if you know this do you know the story behind how he he left the show norm mcdonald yeah no 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 so he was fired from saturday night live and he was fired because uh one of the the big wigs of nbc west was golfing buddies with oj simpson and Norm Macdonald, well, and, and Norm Macdonald had an OJ joke, and the guy, uh, the this big wig over at NBC West, sent a a note over to Lauren Michaels and was like, "Hey, Lauren, could you could you cool on the OJ jokes? He's a buddy of mine." What? And and Lauren basically said like, "Hey, Norm, so and so wants you to cool on the OJ jokes." So Norm basically went on an OJ like joke rant and uh, and just fucking double down on it and eventually got fired because he refused to stop doing oj jokes um which i think is fucking hilarious i have an incredible um, oj joke yeah oh yeah because <laughs> he's a fucking killer um <laughs> dude, that, i think that was the punchline of one of his jokes um the one that got him fired but yeah no um but yeah so i grew up on saturday night live i love it but i think saturday night live is very much one of those things it's almost like um it's like well, first of all, Saturday Night Live in itself is like a, a, a kind of like a, a sports franchise, right? Where, you know, like you can have a star player for a certain amount of time, but eventually, you know, that star player you, you can't have, you know, either you can't afford them any longer or they're just going to leave. So then there's rebuilding years that happen after that. And not only that, but people who grew up in watching a certain era of a team are always going to say like, that was the best, right? And that's kind of what they thought of. Um, you know, was like the wheelhouse. So I find that people are very, you know, like, like for me, I don't, you know, I, I just try to appreciate each generation as they are. And you, know, yeah. you have like the, the very, very early generation with the Ackroyds and um, Fucking uh, Chevy Chase for a year, um, you know, um, gosh, I'm blanking on some of the females names, uh, Gilda Radner, um, Bill Murray, obviously. But um, then and, and, and people forget how, how short a lot of those guys were actually, you know, people have this uh, revised history of how long people were on that show. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Chevy Chase was only on it for a year, I believe. Bill Murray was on it very shortly. Belushi, of, of course, um, you know, gone way too early. Um, and then you have like the 80s years where Eddie Murphy basically fucking saved it. Um, 
and then you know those kind of get played into you know the, the years that you mentioned with the early 90s years and then you have Will Ferrell and I mean there was just such a good run from the 90s through the mid 2000s late 2000s um, that it, you know it's it, it was so solid for so long that it's hard you know right now I think that people yeah they're probably going through a, a little bit of a rebuilding phase but it, it's funny I bet you I bet you um, you know you fast forward five years people are going to look at these two years and find stuff that we missed or you know oh, yeah. we appreciating like we are now well, that's what or i was gonna say gonna the be, appreciation yeah or, the, or there's going to be someone that pops right that hasn't popped yet and uh and all of a sudden we're going to go back and look at all those skits that they were in and just uh, and, well it's like the adam sandler effect the chris farley effect you know yeah. where they essentially begin their careers and then they just fucking skyrocket man i think it's gonna be kate mckinnon honestly like she's been in a couple movies she's fucking hilarious yeah, she's, I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, she might have, her, her star has maybe already so, soared. I'm wondering if, like, like who else there might be, um, you know, I mean, there's there's some good young talent on there. Um, I just feel like, you know, we're, it's just like, it's like anything with Saturday Night Live. There's just that one skit away, like, these guys are just one skit away from popping. And it's sometimes funny about how you hear about these skits that, um, like, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, an Andy Samberg skit. It's was laser cats. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, uh, you know, he, he, the way he told it is like, they pitched it to Lorne probably like 50 times. And, you know, and he was just like not having it. And, and eventually Lorne allowed him to do it just because he was sick of like being asked about it. And it was a, a huge hit. Right. It was just something so stupid. Right. But it was just like, Oh, there's this fucking awesome skit that was being kicked around and denied for years and years. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge SNL nerd too. I'm, uh, if you can't tell, I could talk about it for really forever. <laughs> no, I um, love it. I love it. Yeah. Bill Hader is another great example. That, that's of like, that's exactly who I was about to say was Bill Hader. Yeah. He's like just someone that is like, I think underappreciated when he was on the show. And now with the success of Barry, people are going back and being like, Barry oh my God. is so fucking good. I mean, all of his characters were so good. His James Carville is amazing. The, um, I mean, Stefan, people, you know, Stefan is a absolute legend, right? Like that, that's like the, the one everyone loves. Um, God, he did what well, I think the guy from nightline, um, or, or one of the hosts, Oh, dateline. Well, dateline, one of the hosts yeah, from dateline, yeah. the old, when he does that, I lose my shit. Just anything. I mean, he's fucking his, <laughs> the, the role in the Californians. I love so, yeah, my yeah. all-time favorite Bill Hader role is in Hot Rod. He says, I've got this acid, but I can't do it. I'll do it. And he has Another, the fucking bench grinder in his head. <laughs> that's a classically underrated movie, too. Like, the whole premise is a dude wants to save his dad from dying so he could beat him up. Uh, Danny McBride, early on in his career. Uh, just fantastic movie, Hot Rod. Yeah, Danny McBride, man. I've been drinking green tea all fucking day. You gonna bring out the <laughs> demons in me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I love him. I know he's probably Eastbound a little bit down, man. Oh, I think, yeah, that first season of Eastbound and Down to me, I I'd probably put it in my top five single seasons of TV. Just oh, how much I enjoyed it. That it's was such so an good. underrated TV show. Oh, Steven Janowski, all time TV character, you know, another one that doesn't get enough love. That and yeah. uh, Californication, man. I feel like it was super popular and then it kind of just slipped off. That's my all time favorite TV show. Is it really? I love Duchovny. I was an X-Files kid. I grew up on that. I love, I love David Duchovny. I love his writing. I love his music. Um, I, like I said, like I'm a writer myself, so I see a lot of myself in Hank Moody when I'm extra fucking self-destructive. So There you go, yeah. Yeah. Definite sex addict. Are you a sex addict as well? I like to think so, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> what, what red-blooded American man isn't? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm That's saying. Right. And him and Runkle, man. I could I could literally watch a spin-off of just Runkle and Marcy. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. No. What is his I, name? I, Evan uh Evan Holder? Evan yeah, that sounds I think right. was his name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. man, that's phenomenal. Good stuff. I so my brother sent me this thing. It's it's the OJ joke that I was talking about earlier. I was trying to find it. Uh OJ Simpson tweeted, got my second shot, go get yours. Somebody subtweeted and said, a literal murderer got his vaccine before my elderly grandmother. What a world. <laughs> and so somebody tweeted back and said, but did your grandma rush for 2,000 yards in a single season? <laughs> she, did not, like, wow. she did not tote the rock like that, I guarantee. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's the internet's still undefeated. They, man, I fucking <laughs> I love, hate the internet so much. Oh, it, it was, I mean, there was some guy today was... Uh, are you familiar with the rewatchables podcast 
Uh, no, 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 no. Who is that? Uh, so it's it's a Bill Simmons podcast. It's it, or it's it's an offshoot of his uh, or one of his podcasts. And he uh, so basically, like they they choose movies that they view as rewatchable, right? And then they just kind of go through. They have these categories like what age the best, what age the worst, uh, you know, all this different stuff. Um, and this guy was mad because they had chosen Bridesmaids and Easy A recently as like rewatchable movies. Two very and, good uh, movies. And I was like, oh, brides. I mean, Easy A. Okay, you. I mean, I I like Easy A, but I could see someone potentially having you know taking some umbrage with that over yeah. some some of the movies that they haven't chosen yet. Uh, but Bride Bridesmaids is at least one of the best comedies in the past ten years, um, which we we do talk about. There is you know with the, I I think we're both big sounds like big pop culture guys. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I like to do at the end of every like decade is kind of like just kind of take a step back and like recap and, those moments. Yeah. Or, or just look at like, okay, like what were my favorite movies? What were my favorite albums? What were mm-hmm. my favorite books? You know, I, I very much like to do that. Just revisit. Um, it's, you know, I think it's a good thing for people to do from mind, from a mindfulness standpoint, right. It's reflecting is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going back and, you know, and sometimes when you do that, it's like, you know, it's 10 years worth of movies or 10 years worth of albums, 10 years worth of books. It's a lot. So, so one of the things that I think a lot of people do, you start looking at other people's best of lists. Right. And you're like, yeah, okay. You know, like I've, I, I think I've got mine kind of fleshed out. Let's see if, if I'm missing gems, Yeah. 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 Like what did I miss? Cause sometimes you'll, you'll read something and you'll be like, fuck. Yeah. I totally forgot about that movie. I saw that movie seven years ago. That's awesome. I love it. it that replaces my number nine movie or whatever. Um, and so I came across this list. Collider Magazine did the 20 best movies of the last 10 years. Um, and MacGruber was number one. So we did. Wow. You know, we, so that's part of the reason why we, we chose it. I wanted to, you know, kind of debate this list a little bit. But Bridesmaids wasn't, I think, three or four on that list. Um, the cast you know, is just so phenomenal. It's, I mean, it's a solid movie. But this guy fucking. So the point of my of me doing this long winded bit is. Uh, you know, so when I was like, when I asked, when I pushed back, I'm like, Bridesmaids is a very rewatchable movie. Like, are, are you saying you really don't believe uh, that this movie is is at least meritable as as rewatchable? And he said, I never watched it. Oh. And that's just like the internet. I'm like, fucking people just popping off about shit. They that's don't. That's the know. internet for you. That's the internet. That's why the internet's undefeated because you have some guy who thinks he's like his opinion on this thing is is you know at all valid, and he hasn't even seen the movies we're talking about. You know, so. Um, you know, that's, that's a total fucking off topic rant, but yeah, undefeated the internet. My favorite thing is when people have this negative connotation over like a, like an artist and they've never even listened to a single song. Dude. Like I I remember, and I I actually had a conversation last night. I didn't mean to cut you off. I had a conversation last night about Justin Bieber because yesterday was his birthday. And I was like, you know what? Like I missed out, uh, potentially on a lot of, cause like when I think of music, like I have like this nostalgia, like where I was at when I first heard this song or this album or whatever, I missed out on a lot of potential nostalgia because I just had this weird negative connotation over him. When he started working with Skrillex and Diplo, yeah, Justin Bieber fucking turned into an absolute, I mean, he was already an, an icon, but he turned into like one of my favorite voices to hear. You know what I mean? For sure. Well, I, you know, it's, it's funny you're, you're talking about it because it's, I mean, what, what we're talking about is a stigma that surrounds something. Right. Oh yeah. And, and it's the same thing that's stopping you know, the ultimately the progress of these plants that, that were, you know, the, the main point of our, of our conversation, right? It's a stigma that surrounds it. Um, what is that a result of? It's a, it's a result of us being closed-minded to a degree. And, and a lot of times, I bet, you know, and you probably wouldn't refute this, it was your ego, right? That was stopping you from probably getting into it. Um, you know, this whatever, whatever the reason being, like, that we didn't want to, or we, we, we surround a stigma around something, it's pop music. That's not you know, it's not manly enough or, um, I go through this all the time. One of my favorite artists. Well, I, first of all, I have a, just, I love almost anything female vocal, uh, you know, and that, that doesn't stop in the realm of pop music. So one of my favorite artists is Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm unapologetic about how I will stand for Carly Rae Jepsen. Fucking Um, call me maybe. Yeah. Call me maybe, but you know, and that's, and that's where most people knowledge stops. I'm telling you her emotion album is one of the best pop albums probably in the last 20 to 30 years. Um, the B-sides on it are great. Her recent album, um, I mean, 
it's it's hard to follow up when you when you release one of the best pop albums of thir- of the last thirty years to follow up with something, but still fucking solid. Her whole catalog is amazing. Um, yeah, I understand. To- I understand completely where you're coming from because yeah. I ride or die for Ariana Grande. Oh yeah. I'm a life I'm a I'm a huge Mac Miller fan. Since two thousand nine when Mac Miller first dropped. Mac Miller's my all time favorite artist. When he started dating Ariana Grande, I was like, I'll check her out, you know, I'll see what you know, what's up. Man, she the positions album, definitely one of the better albums of twenty twenty. For sure. For sure. I mean there is I I I I, I have no idea, but I would venture to guess it how many like number one hits that she had on that album. I know that 2020 on the radio, I could flip through the radio station oh, yeah. at any point and, and click three of her songs. Oh yeah. Um, She's a fucking talent, man. Her voice. What was your favorite uh, single off that album? Or it doesn't have to 30, be a single, but 30, just... 34 plus 35. 34 I, like, plus I like, I like when she gets a little nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it, you know, so, so now your, your, your interest in Pete Davidson is, is making a little more sense too. I mean, I, I like, you know too, what, but... man, it was really weird for me being a fan of Pete Davidson because I'm, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. And so Ariana was with Mac Miller for quite a while. Like I said, Mac Miller's my all-time favorite artist. Yeah. And, you know, she was with Mac for a while. They split up and she got with Pete. And I was already a Pete Davidson fan. And I was like, fuck, man, I don't want to, I don't know if I should maybe, you know, pull back my love of Pete. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, I did see after Mac passed away, Pete actually kicked a heckler out of a uh, comedy club because Pete was talking about, uh, he said, my buddy died the other day. And somebody in the crowd yelled, who, Mac Miller? And Pete said, I'm not going to say another fucking word until that guy's kicked out. So I was like, you know what? It's oh, pretty. Like, Pete, Pete pretty definitely up. respected. Yeah, he respected Mac. So, you know, kinda, he, little, he won me back. Here's a little Ariana Grande connection. So my sister is married to uh, a guy who's best friends with Ariana Grande's head of security. No shit. So every time they come into town, uh, my sister and her husband uh, – basically like backstage with ariana she fucking slide me in there i've been trying to get her on the podcast yeah we'll see if well, I'll, I'll see what i can do and, well and if not her maybe her her head of security hey let's uh let's all let's all three do ayahuasca together me you and ariana <laughs> that's that's right she'll be like ah get this chubby creepy new dad out of the room and maybe we can talk get the skinny uh, creepy new one out of here too <laughs> no no she, i don't know she might I, she seems to like skinnier skinnier dudes i think her body frame is is probably not uh or I, my body frame is not what she's looking for um, um <laughs> she, I, you know I'm, I'm thinking she's gonna be digging you a little bit more uh, younger shit. a younger better looking maybe version. in a maybe in a parallel universe yeah you never know dude don't don't sell yourself short don't sell yourself short ariana dream if you're big. listening hey dream big dream big hey That's man right. before i let you go yeah, let me sure. have let me have all your fucking socials man i gotta i gotta get you to my people man because yeah no absolutely you're an interesting so, fucking character so the first thing uh i would say you know which i mentioned earlier get over to the tkok podcast network facebook group um you don't have to answer any questions uh but if you um if you join the group you request a, a, a getting in there i will approve you that is for sure and um then you know we're on instagram so uh tkok podcast network or at tkok podcast network uh you can do uh the eat god see acid instagram page that is the that's e g s a podcast um we have uh at the new dad pod we have the mo- at the movie club so those are our lots of instagram handles uh, if it seems like a lot for you guys to hear, imagine trying to fucking manage all those, not to mention a, a personal Instagram page, as well as a Facebook group and all those podcasts. So, um, you know, I'm kind of all over the place, but if you want to reach out, uh, I, I will say this also, uh, TKOK Podcast Network, we're always looking to grow podcasts. So if you are a podcast uh, that is interested in joining our network, send us an email at that email address I've mentioned a couple times and I'll say it again, network at gmail.com. And if you are someone who has said, you know what, I have this great idea for a podcast. Um, I just don't know how to make it happen. Reach out to us. Uh, perhaps if I agree and I think that idea is good, we will get you set up with a podcast uh, in our network and we'll get you up and running. So um, you know, my goal is not to make a ton of money. It's to help people like myself who think they have a, either a cool idea for a podcast or just 
want to spend time, like, like you said, networking, learning, and talking to uh, people who are smarter and more interesting than yourself, uh, we have a place for you. The best part of this job is all the people I get to meet and the uh, conversations I get to have. And let me just tell you, if we're making lists for the last decade, uh, this is definitely within my, my, you know, my top list for the coolest conversations I've had. You're an absolutely phenomenal person to have met. And I appreciate you for coming on, man. Josh, the pleasure was all mine. And uh, I, I will say again, if, if you, there, there, this is one added thing I will, I, I just want to mention because I realize uh, if you're, if you're interested in stories on psychedelics, the, I, I had mentioned, we have a podcast in our network called concerts that made us, I will be a guest. Well, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this um, I'm appearing this week. So today is March 2nd. Um, later this week, I'll be a guest and I'm telling the, it's my favorite psychedelic story. So, um, I have a lot of them. Um, this one, I promise you is, uh, it's pretty out there and it's, uh, if anything, um, you know, listen to it for that reason. But we also talk a lot about, about a lot of cool music and a lot of cool concerts that, uh, that I've been to and, and that Brian has been to as well. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And I'm going to plug all of your, uh, all your links in the bio too. So cool. Everybody go check out uncle tickles, Tommy Papa's once again, thank brother. Thank you, Josh. The pleasure is all mine. We'll have to have you on uh, Ecot C acid here one time soon. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir.